Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Wade In podcast, recording on Monday morning. And I'm joined, as always, by Kevin Blake, Tony Calvin and Brendan Duke to talk all things racing to you for the next hour or so. Loads to get through, as always, on and off the track. I always say that, but we've got a nice mixture of content coming up for you on today's show. But before we go any further, last week was Betfair's Stable Staff Week, run in conjunction with Racing Welfare and Betfair sponsor Stable Staff Week. And it was an opportunity for those in our industry to say thank you to anyone working in the industry. So they ran a video competition sponsored by Betfair. And we, lads, got to choose the winner. They get £500 gift voucher and it's split between the person who nominated and the person who was nominated. So the winner is... Drum roll, please. Thank you, Kevin Blake. Will Cunnington, you have won. Thank you very much for your video. A big thank you. It was sent from Kat from Amy Murphy's team. That's who nominated Will. And Will, we'd like to say thank you and well done to you. You are the winner of the Betfair Stable Staff video competition. And congratulations. Spend your vouchers wisely. Go wild. Um, thank you for everyone who sent in videos. And thank you to those working in our industry. That's what the week was all about. I think Racing Welfare got plenty of exposure and for such a worthy cause. So that starts the show, lads. Quick check-in with you. Everyone's nodding along. TC, I'm going to start with you. How are you today? All good. All good. Like it. Solid, straight bat start. Kevin Blake, you're off the back of a few days at the Curra, as I presume Brendan might be too. Um, how was the atmosphere over there in Ireland? We're going to be talking about a few topics, but overall, how did you enjoy your weekend? Yeah, strong weekend. Um, strong wind, but strong weekend. <laughs> Other than that, um, yeah, great race and plenty to talk about. Looking forward to getting, getting into it. Absolutely. And Brendan, hats must have been flying left, right and centre uh, yesterday on Irish Derby Day. You just have a sixth sense for these things, Vanessa, I have to say. Uh, I wore my hat on Saturday and basically I needed a pin, but I have so many accessories in my life. It's all I can do to keep all my devices charges that, charged that I can't be uh, going around with pins in my pocket. So that was a waste of time on Saturday with a, with, with, with a ferocious tailwind. So I didn't wear it on Sunday when there was a best dressed man prize, which I because my ensemble, my summer racing ensemble would definitely have won. But the, the hat is the is the torval to the rest of my outfits, Dean, the tonic. <laughs> To its gym, <laughs> if if you will, but like I couldn't Brilliant. wear the wretched thing, so I I didn't win the prize, which I'm sure would, would would have been I don't know a trip to Dubai or something sickening. Okay, a missed opportunity for you, but anyway, let's talk about the racing, and we will kick off with the Irish Derby. One, of course, by August Rodan for Aidan O'Brien, Ryan Moore winning an Irish Derby, ticking that off his list, um, but. Marred by the injury to the other Coolmore horse, of course, and also not the performance. I think it's fair to say we were hoping for August Rodan, the Epsom Derby winner, and controversy in behind as well. So where to unpick this, Brendan? Should we focus in on the winner to start with? His performance. It wasn't a step forward. Was it a step back? Well... I, I'm not exactly sure what to make it. I was thinking of you, as I often do, because you had such a great Royal Ascot. You were looking for the Derby form to get a, a, a boost. And indeed, it got two significant boosts. So all roads lead to an impressive performance for Auguste Rodin and uh, hopefully taking care of Spreewell and White Birch in whatever order. But both of those horses bombed out for, for whatever reason. There were a lot of non-runners on Sunday. Trick, very, very tricky for Clarks of the course. I don't want to digress too much, but I thought you did a great job. He had a bit of rain on Friday and then he let the ground tighten up, but it wasn't enough. There were there were an awful lot of non-runners. So this is the fine line that Clarks of the course tread. I, I, I thought he did a good job, but some of the trainers may disagree. But back to the road and yeah, a, a, a workmanlike performance. Um, but we, we know he has that, 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 that big run in him. We saw it in the derby. So maybe there was a very slight bounce here and he, he just wasn't at his best. Aiden mentioned the wind. I mean, he was very conscious of the wind. As you will know, Vanessa, this weekend saw the Grand Depart at the Tour de France. And in very, very, very much, 
they ran the race like a lead-out train in a, in, in a cycling sprint. I mean, they, they, there was a headwind down the back straight, so they sent two horses out in front to block out the wind as much as they could for the hold out and did, did a great job. And then, of course, one of the horses has suffered a, a, an injury, which is unfortunate. And I'm trying to piece this all together because when you go and watch back the videos, when, when a horse suffers an injury, they get that bit out of the video, understandably. But in my memory, that happens. And then Shamey, who is the first lead out man, and San Antonio is the second lead out man. Shamey looks around to see what the hell's happened here. This isn't part of the plan. He sees he's lost the second lead out man. And then he takes a really long look around and sort of half takes a pull, <laughs> waits for the Rodan to come up, upsides him, then lets the, the Rodan go by. His horse starts responding to hands and heels pressure. To Now, you're dealing with angles here, so I'm not sure how close he got, but looked like he got within three parts of a length, half a length, without any recourse to the whip. Now, in fairness, at the furlong pole, Heffernan then does pick up a stick and give him, give the horse two backhanders and Adelaide River's head went straight up in the air. So he may not have had anything left and possibly Heffernan rides him at home and knows he's not a horse that responds particularly well to the whip. But I, I, I that, that's playing devil's advocate. I mean, it was just such a weird ride on the second. The look behind, the half wait for a ghost Rodan, then not, like surely if I was a steward and I'm looking at racing all the time, I would get Heffernan in and I would look at him. He, he rides all the time. It wouldn't be hard to f- find a sample of what happens when he's out in front and a horse comes up sides. You have to try and hold your position there, surely, because just basically of the danger of the other horse coming across you and that's race over. So you can't let him go more than a length ahead, which he did. And then to, to, to just hands and heels. I mean, it, it really did look like he has a bit of previous with this with Bert Douglas in Chester. It really did look on balance to my eye like he was taking one for the team and he knew that it, it would be something of a disaster if Adelaide River actually beat August Rodan. Now, I will say that I'm fairly sure that the best horse won but it just wasn't a great look I thought the ride the second got well Brendan said I think what a lot of people are thinking TC and if you're viewing the world through Twitter which I don't like to do in fairness but there's no getting away from the comments in regards to the ride of the second and credit for Brendan for as I say saying what a lot of people were thinking and articulating it very well because of course when you do play devil's advocate and you look at the way his head carriage did come up etc etc um but i guess the question to you tc was did shamey heffernan give adelaide river a ride that um it got him to finish in the best possible position um i pretty much agree with everything brendan said i think Although some people think to the contrary, I think the best horse won, despite the ride on the second. Uh, I think yeah, you, I agree with that, yeah. I think you've got to ask yourself, if that was White Birch coming alongside Adelaide River, what would Shamey have done? And he would have been far more animated than he was. It's, it's unfortunate because the story of the race was the ride on the second rather than the winner. Um, like you said, social media was... It, you know, was was a wash with comes like that, and I think, I think someone in the from the Sun today actually 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 got into print on it, which is fair play to him. Um, yeah, it was just it was just unsatisfactory. It was we, we've said this numerous times before. All stewards have to do is get them in, ask the question, publish the answers, and uh, that will take a lot of the. Well, I probably wouldn't in this circumstances, but it will take a bit of heat out. out you know, out of the situation, but no, I've got I've got nothing more to add there. Obviously, a very unfortunate, you know, injury to San Antonio, um, who was he was the gambler of the race actually from sixty sixes into sixteen. So, um, and I, I just wonder whether whether we should, uh, we've had this debate before on here as well. I mean, should we be editing out unfortunate circumstances like that or sh- or are we adult enough to actually watch the race in its entirety even with that even that with that injury so uh, that's a that obviously that's a debate for another time but no in short i agree with everything that brendan said 
Kev, over to you for comments on the Irish Derby. Auguste Rodin beats a 33-1 shot and an 80-1 shot, both stable companions in lacklustre form. And with the second, given the ride we have now discussed, um, unsatisfactory is the word TC's used. And unfortunately, I think that's the word a lot of people would be reaching for here. Um, ah, look, I, I wouldn't be as strong as that, I don't think. Like, I think it was a mess of a race. Um, look, the, the, the wind made that round track a challenge all weekend and the wind was at its worst yesterday. And like, it, ju it just messed with the rhythm of a lot of races. And this wasn't a typical Irish derby in that they didn't go quick at all. Um, they didn't go quick at all. And look, that, that was perhaps an influence of the, the, the really strong headwind in the back straight, but the finishing speed of the race was 114%, like, which is rapid. And basically anything held up off that had no chance. And the main dangers to the Fav were held up off it. And then you, you had that situation. And then poor El San Antonio breaking down, just bust the race apart in that, um, it, it, you know, that, that hampered a few of the followers. And it also sprung August Rodan from cover, um, far earlier than probably everyone had anticipated. Um, I'd agree with Tony in that. Like my view is in terms of replays, you know, we should be able to see the replays if we want to see the replays. And I was able to track down a replay on Twitter because I wanted to evaluate the impact of the of the interference and the hamperings that came about as a result of the injury. And that's not, you know, you're 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 not um you know, it's not it's not being macabre. I don't think you want, you know, you're we're ultimately in the business of assessing form and we have to see it to assess it. Um everyone's an adult. And um, while no one wants to see that sort of thing happening, um, you know, to analyze that race, you need to see what happened there and the impact of it. Um, and look with August Rodan, look, he clearly was workmanlike. Um, I look back through my notes and a couple of his runs from last year. It's in fairness, it's not the first time he's done it. If you look back to his maiden win and when he won the group two at Leopardstown, like he quite notably um idles, you know, flicks his ears and idles and edges right which he did here again late on. Um, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be questioning the view that he just parked when he got to the front, basically, um, much sooner than Ryan wanted to. Um, the ride and the runner-up, the lads have said, look, shame, he could have been more vigorous, clearly. Um, would he have beaten or got much closer to August Rodan? Personally, I don't think so. Um, in fact, like when Shamey actually kind of belatedly looked for something like maximum effort, um, you know, it was in that final furlong that, you know, August Rodan went further away from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, with a with a finishing speed of a of a of one hundred and fourteen percent, like it's pretty much physically impossible for August Rodan to streak away in in the manner that we would have liked him to, um, given his 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 apparent superiority on, on form. You know, you just can't do that. There's a limit to how how fast horses can run, and when they're sprinting for home, you you just can't streak away. It's not it's not possible. Um. So look, will he have better days, better performance performances? I'm sure he will. Um. You know, just just the, the the race was a bit marred by by what happened um, on the turn for home, messy race, terrible incident. Um, Wayne Lorden, I, I mixed reports. Um, I, I believe he was he was knocked out and he has a concussion. Um, mixed reports with regard to what injury he suffered to his arm. Um, whether it was a you know, like a superficial um gash or something more. Hopefully, will have there'll be more information out there by the time you listen to this. Um, he was he was obviously extremely unlucky for what happened, but he was very lucky because when a when an incident like that happens, you know, on a turn like that at the front end of the field, um, you know, geez, there, there can be that 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 could have been far worse. So hopefully Wayne won't be out for too long, uh, and he'll be grand going forward. Um, and look on on we go with August Rodin. This won't be this won't feature prominently on on his career highlight reel. But he's a two-time Derby winner now, and the next step is going to be interesting. Will, will it be King George? Will it be down and trip for the Judmont International, um, Irish Champion Stakes, onto the Ark, things like that? Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what they do. But this was a case of um, uh, of winning ugly, but it was also a case of job done. Yeah, fair summary. Um, Brendan, last point on this. Where do we expect the winner to go next, August Rodin? Where would you personally like to see him? What do you think the most likely future in the short term is for him? 
I would guess Brian Gleeson put this to Aiden afterwards. Now, needless to say, Aiden didn't respond yes or no. He likes his, his eight days to assess how the horses come out of the race, perfectly entitled to that. Uh, but Gleeson suggested the Galileo route of the, the King George and Irish champion stakes. Now, again, I have to wedge in an Irish champion stakes mention. That's uh, part of my contract. Uh, I don't know what, what, what they're thinking, what Paddington is, and, and there's, a, there's, there's a long way to go on that score. But if I, if I had to guess, I'd say King George. OK, uh, let's move on to talk about some of the other performances at the Curra, and we will start with Buccaneiro Forte, who won the railway stakes, beating Unquestionable, who was... Fairly strong in the market, TC. The two of them pulling away from the rest of the four, uh, the rest of the field. Obviously, the winner coming out of the Coventry, backing up that form in quite a short turnaround. How good a performance did you think this was? Uh, yeah, I think it was a very good performance. Obviously, the worry about the winner was the backing up quickly. Uh, showed a really good attitude. Unquestionable look, the winner for most of the way. Traded at 104 and running and. But, you know, Buccaneer for Erte really battled back later on. I mean, I was disappointed by the third, his, his majesty. He was never really travelling and he probably did well to finish third. But um, I think most people look at that race, maybe unfairly, and think maybe the, the best horse finished second, um, given the unexposed nature, maiden winner coming to that company. But, yeah, um, very, very solid form. I don't think he, I don't think you could probably rate it through his majesty, but if you did... You'd have the first two as, uh, you know, two very, very good two-year-olds. Um, Brendan, it was a good weekend for Aidan O'Brien in the two-year-old, well, overall, as you would expect, but specifically with the two-year-olds, because Matrika came out and won the early stud stakes for him. Another one, like Buccaneero Forte, quick turnaround after a good run at Royal Ascot. She's now eights from 14s for the 1,000 guineas next year. Um, she ran that. She ran that blinder in the Albany, and she she's tough as you like. No, oh, I'd say this filly. I'd say she could drive the box to the races. I mean, you could just <laughs> do whatever you, you could just do whatever you want with her. She says she's very attractive filly to look at. A, a, a good specimen. She has those ears, that beautiful ears that she 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 likes to prick. She, she's gorgeous. Uh, she clearly has a lot of talent. And her attitude will carry her a long way, will certainly carry her to seven furlongs for the debutante stakes, where she will probably lock horns again with Port of Fortune, as we talked about on the uh, Royal, Royal Ascot wash up. And she now that, that's her third run. In fairness, she probably didn't need to improve to win uh, that, that, that race. But uh, another good performance. She's gaining experience all the time. And. I think just at the moment, I mean, there was a, another filly of Aidan's uh, raised her head and he, he probably, uh, the, the Lang Lang, he'd probably throw her into the debutante as well because he just loves this. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that race. Uh, it should be a right dust up. Um, but I would just, I think, at the moment, make Matrika favourite to win her. I, I'd win it. I think I know she's speedily bred. But I, I, I think with how well she relaxes in her races, she'll, she'll be better at seven furlongs and she'll take some whacking. Beautiful. Do you, TC, want to drop in and talk about Lang Lang and City of Troy now? Two other good mm. newcomers uh, from the Aidan O'Brien yard. Obviously, Lang Lang already been mentioned by Brendan. Very impressive on her race course debut on Friday night at the Curra. She's yep. now 10 to 1 second favourite for the Guineas with the Sportsbrook. Um, she's beautifully bred. Frankel out of Shambolic. And she was, everyone was so impressed with what she did sort of through the line and after it, it seems. Yeah, I mean, come just quickly on Matrika. I mean, yeah. I was actually waiting for that, um, the decks to come through on HRI because I was going to do the column with, with Ryan on that. And it's quite, they they originally put blinkers on her on the HRI site and then they withdrew them before before the actually decks came out. And they made a point about Matrika doing nothing at home, being really lazy. Oh, that's uh, I remember this for all, yes. Yeah, Sorry, so whatever. And to be perfectly blunt, I don't think they knew what they had because, like I said, they, they couldn't really get at her at home because, like, she was, like, really kind of, like, not showing a great deal. So I think it surprised them. So sometimes these horses, isn't that a bit of a cliche, that don't show much at home and, and do it on the track as she did. I mean, that's got to be a positive. But Lang Lang is obviously, you know, very, very well-bred, as you said, cost a million and a half. Went off eight to thirteen um, and was just devilishly impressive, wasn't she? Um, Ten to one for the Guineas, 
I think one firm, the only firm betting on the Oaks make a five to one favourite. So, but you know, good luck if you're betting about 12 <laughs> months in advance, but yeah. wouldn't be for me. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see where that one goes. And City of Troy. Um again, I mean, like you're gonna make his debut over six furlongs at the Guineas meeting. Went up to seven here on, on debut. Um again was really massively strong at the line, wasn't it? And you just think that's gonna be there their mile horse for the top two year old races as well. So I mean, I don't know. And obviously Brendan and, and Kevin were there, but those two looked a couple of weapons to me. Yeah, I tell you, I, Sid here yeah. Troy, you know, I was very impressed with him. Very impressed with him. And I tell you, I, I don't know if the footage was shown anywhere, but him in, in the in the pull-up zone, like he was super strong. Like I think Ryan was like genuinely slightly concerned that he wasn't going to stop. Like there's no there's, <laughs> there there is there is a hard stop in the pull-up zone. Like there's a wall there essentially. <laughs> I think like this horse like exploded through the line. Um, so I, I was very impressed with him and, and the runner-up is a particularly nice horse as well. Um, ran, ran a real nice race and I came from off the pace. I'd be keeping an eye on him, Galan. Um, but the winner w- was very, very good now. And you, you just know he's going to turn up in, in all those races now. Um, you know, the futurity that Tyros possibly and um, I can't remember the dates off the top of my head, but you just you just know he's probably going to end up in the national stakes. You know, he looks a looks a real nice one. And just on Matrik at the blinkers thing, like as far as I'm aware, I think she works in blinkers every day at home, and it has done from early. Um, so that that's probably why they're they were toying with it. But um, that was a bit of a mess of a race now, a big split, etc. But she, it wasn't her fault. Um, and and she did it quite well. But um, yeah, City of Troy now was I was impressed with him. I was going to make. Oh, sorry, Brandon. Oh no, I just wanted to put it to Kevin. Uh, Justify could. I know it's only his second crop, early days, and what have you. But he hasn't pulled up any trees. Bertinelli probably the best one. So they they, they could do with finding a, a decent Justify, couldn't they? Yeah, well, just, yeah, he, uh, he, yeah. Sorry, City of Troy is actually a brother to Bertinelli, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. And and what I was going to say as well. I mean, obviously, got it down here. I mean. The two horses we just mentioned, City of Troy and Anglang, you actually, Aiden, uh, sorry, Joseph had the unrace, you know, second to both of them. So did you, did you like the second in the, in the Phillies race going into it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. That was, that was another smash and run. Um, another smash and run. Really nice Philly. Um, real long strider. Um, in a perfect world, you, you would have loved her to have, um, got in amongst horses. Uh, and learned a bit more, but she was just drawn out in the wing there, and she got pushed out early. Um, this is this is Dollarina, is her name, a territories filly. She'd shown up really well in a barrier trial um, prior to this, so it wasn't the it wasn't a surprise to see her run so well. Now, lovely long striding filly, um, going up and trip won't be a problem. Um, you'd be pretty sick now if she's beaten next time, and it'll be onwards and upwards in the stakes company. But um, Yalang Yalang like seems to be held in in really high regard. Um, really high regard. So, yeah, I think we'll be we'll be looking back on, on both those maidens now um, quite a bit in the next couple of months. All right. Tasty maidens discussed. Um, Kev, let's stick with you to discuss the international stakes. Mashaw wins this for the Johnny Murta team. Good weekend for Team Murta uh, across the weekend. But obviously, all eyes were on Al Riffa coming in here, strong in the market, strong jack band beforehand. Obviously, a drop down in grade. I hadn't seen him for so long. And then he's beaten by a race fit rival who gets away in front like that. What were your takeaways from this race? I know the winner's an improver, but we did want more from Al Riffa. Uh, what was the feedback? Yeah, sure. In the immediate aftermath, you'd be disappointed to get beat with a horse like that that you think could be like a, like a really, really good one. But yeah. kind of the further the further away, you know, we're getting from it. I think everyone is is happier with the result in that. Like as mentioned before, like that the round track at the Curra was playing was playing quite funny. And Mashur, in fairness to the Martha team, like they got this bang on. Like everyone before the race was looking at each other, going, right, "Where's the pace going to come from here?" Um, and and Johnny's team, like Ben Cohen, seized it. Um, got some really cheap lengths on the field early on, um, and like didn't overall like didn't go hard. Like the finishing speed of the race was one hundred and twelve percent, and he had a clear lead for much of the race. So that tells you what you need to know. Um, I think really and truly, Elrifa probably had a 
would have needed to be Pegasus now to run him down the straight off, off those fractions. Um, it was his first run of the season after a little hole-up before the Guineas. First run round a bend, um, first run of the trip. It was a lot of firsts for him. And in fairness to him, he like he's got a lovely behind-the-bridle way of travelling and he galloped all the way to the line. So with a Group 1 penalty against older horses, you know, race-fit older horses. Um, like I say, disappointed immediately after the race. But um, I think time form only having one pound behind his national stakes winning form, which kind of contextualizes it. So um, happier the further away we're getting. And I think next time will be a better reflection of him. Um, he's he's off and running for the season now and can hopefully made up for last time. But um, to come back to Mashur, um, like he was very impressive himself. And I know he was a slow burner, a second-hand horse for Johnny, um, who's done a fantastic job with him. And in fairness, he had been taking steps forward. And this would seem to be another um, big step forward. You'd like to see him repeat it. Um, this was this was kind of funny old circumstances. But um, like on the face of it, it was a big effort. I see Time Farmer have given him 120 you know, which is, which is a big old number. Um, his previous best had been 110 on his previous start. But um, look, he's coming forward. He got an excellent ride. And um, yeah, and they go with him. Well, well done to the to his connections. Yeah, Brendan, well done to his connections indeed. Because, I mean, like I say, plenty of eyes were on Al Riffer. But as, as Kevin's rightly pointed out, you know, it's job well done with these connections. This horse was like, I think, over a quarter of a million as a yearling. Obviously, mm. was with Stout. He has mm. picked up, what was it, 40K at the sales 40, by Johnny yeah. Murta. He's improved him from a rating of, I think, mid-80s up to what he'll be yeah. now, 110 officially after this or whatever he'll be. And it really, it was a kind of story that went slight. Well, it was, it was actually one of two stories on the day because we'll get to it. But obviously, the Pretty Poly Stakes winner as well is a good story in that and you need these stories in racing you know oh well absolutely i mean it's a syndicate that that, that own them yeah. and 40 40k they, they, they've had some twist i imagine tony wants to get 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 out of this because i think in the whatsapp group he described it as a stunning performance and it, i mean it really was albeit he, he had the run of the race but it's hard to nick a race by four and a half lengths um i mean i mean it basically the only times he's been beaten for Murta are first time up and one of those was on heavy ground in the Lincoln when he probably didn't, it, it, it didn't handle the ground. And in Royal Ascot, where clearly something went wrong, he was last there. He, he wasn't seen for the rest of the season. Mm. So, I mean, this is this is just a seriously improving horse. I mean, I wonder are the connections thinking about perhaps they might summer in Deauville because on the back of that, you've got to be thinking group ones. And I would ju just also say I'm still uh, hopeful for Al Riffa, our man uh, in, in the yard mentioned uh, how much he, he'd come forward and I mean he, he he always had a big frame he was always long but now Vanessa like Andrex he is long and strong a magnificent specimen and hopefully he can live up to that physique God you're bringing out all the lines today Brendan I'm loving it I'm here for it I like long and, so long and strong long and strong uh, I well, like the group one horse being well. referred to as a bit of a bug roll yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of a summer in Deauville, so if he heads there, the, if the winner heads there, I, I'd like to join him, really. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the half-time break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus begambleaware.org. TC, what about Via Sistina? Obviously another mess of a race really up at group one level um, yeah. in terms of the interference in the closing stages, but she won going away. She survives the stewards inquiry. She was clearly the best horse on the day. But like I say, messy finish, a hard watch if you are on any of the horses in behind that got mullered by Spencer in the closing stages. What were your takeaways from the Pretty Polly TC? I've got a confession to make, actually, because I was in a pub watching this on Saturday and the mm -hmm. betting came up on Betfair back to keep the race. Uh, it was my round next. So I had 500 at 104 to win a score. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just thought it was a... Obviously, no offers. I, I, yeah. It was that. It was that straightforward. Um, obviously, I think Spencer got six days, didn't he? Um, yeah. Obviously, would he be doing that 
on Tuesday. Do the new whip rules and interference rules come in in Ireland on Tuesday? Yeah, I yeah, te- 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 yeah. Technically, yeah, they're starting basically from now on. Yeah, yeah. So obviously he, obviously he just did that and just decided to win. But I mean, you can knock the form because you know the runner-ups only rated 108, but that God, that was another impressive performance. And what probably made it more impressive, uh, the horse came from off the pace, uh, and I don't know whether obviously the lads were all there three days. I mean, we we talk about Masher and we talk about Yang Yang and, and whatever. I mean, they're on the, you know, on that, on the round course, especially. I mean, if you got on the front end, um, uh, it was, you know, a lot of the winners of the three days, you know, kind of like were on the pace and stuff like that. So you could probably mark Via Sestina up even more so, given the, the nature of the win. And again, it's just a real kind of like uh, a real kind of like massive improver. And she's got a raft of places that she could go next. I don't know where, whether they will go there, whether they'll be tempted. You know, by someone like the Judmont, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, another really impressive winner. Again, I think you know Spencer is, you know, he probably took the six days and got on with it. Mm. But yeah, uh, very another really impressive winner on a on a very very good three days of racing. Yeah, uh, to quote her for some of those targets, TC just lent into there. She's seven to two from seven to one for the Nassau. She's tens from twenties for the Yorkshire Oaks. She's five to two from fours for the Falmouth and she's quoted at 12 from twenties for the job on international. So she has a whole raft of options. Um, we talk Could about. Just, inter- yeah. Sorry, sorry yeah. Professor, just very briefly for anti-post punters, just a bit of caveat emptor. Uh, apparently Spencer was walking the track on Saturday and it was uh, significantly easier ground on Saturday than, than it was on Sunday, but they still weren't sure about the ground. So when you're talking about those summer targets, wow. if, 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 there's any, if, if there's any mention of firm, if it's good to firm, there's a decent chance they won't run her. Now, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do with her. I mean, her pedigree would suggest that the, the, the pedigree gurus, the, the, the pair of you on the panel, will know about this fascinating rock Galileo nick, which seems to be a rich seam indeed, but would suggest she get a mile and a half now she's not in the arc at the moment and i don't know if there's a second entry stage or that means that if you're not in at the moment you have to supplement i tried to work it out on google but 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 i couldn't kevin might might know but she would look an ideal candidate for the arc they tried to find her some soft ground maybe in france and gear her up for the arc because i mean this is a philly going but but bowie's done some job he's he's, she's only had 10 runs he's only had her uh for for four of them she kicks that al husson out, out of the way who then goes and beats nashua I mean, Spencer was walking the track, but the punters weren't worried about the ground, whether they hammered her in the bet mm. and she delivered in some style. Yeah, she she really did. Um, Kev, do you want to, in terms of Via Sistina's performance, do you have anything to add? But specifically, I guess, the interference in the closing stages, that drone shot that they have available to them at the Curra was pretty telling. Uh, you know, you see the typical Spencer down the outside from off the pace, and when he slams the door shut, I mean, he traps a load of fingers in it as is on his way past. But that is what he ha- does do. And the filly leans in. Under the new rules, if they're to come into play this coming week, as you say, would he have got more days? Was six very lenient? Or is that the old rules? I don't, I was a bit confused about that. Yeah, look, under the new rules, he, w- he would have got a much heavier doing. And look, there's there's been a perception that they have started um, somewhat applying the rules early. There was a couple, right. um, uh, Colin Keane and Ben Cohen both got done for improper riding there in the last couple of weeks. And that, that's not a rule that had been used very often at all prior. So um, I think there's a view that um, in practice, they have been coming down tougher and interference, but the, the new rules essentially kick in now, basically. Um, tomorrow is the first day out for them. Um, I, I should say, sorry, they're not new rules, they're new penalty guidelines. Um, the rules stay the same, but the penalties are getting um, more severe. Okay. Excuse me. So I think, look, the, the general view was six days was lenient. Um, it, it was needless. He was going to win the race anyway. Um, it, it, it was, yeah, it, it, he deserved a good, strong punishment. Um, six days probably undersold it, but um, um, six or 16 days, I think he would have been giggling either way. Um, you know, big, big win, etc. And look, that's ultimately the problem that we consistently have had with this sort of thing for many years in that the punishments um, don't match the crime, especially in bigger races. But um, it, we're on the way to it being addressed. Um, will it be 
um, sufficiently addressed uh, to act as a proper deterrent, um, time will tell. Um, but she, she was very impressive. Um, you know, I didn't think she could win from the position she was in. Um, I think the, the, the two in the front end may have gone a, a little bit, done a little bit more in the first half of the race than, than was optimal into the headwind. Um, th- that was the feeling from, um, I know Ryan afterwards felt that he maybe did a shade too much on above the curve. Um, and that she overraced a bit into that headwind. But at the same time, I, I thought Fia Sassina couldn't win really from where she was. So credit to her. Like she, she's looked a talented filly for, for, for quite a while. But since she's joined Bowie, she's obviously just taken off. And, um, uh, to, I, I was flicking f- furiously there to answer, um, to answer Brendan's question I'll in take terms, you. Of, <laughs> in terms of, um, what it'll cost to get in. Um, now, excuse me for, for reading. You know, if, if you're not in, if you're not in and you want to supplement uh, just prior to the race, it costs 120 grand. Uh, <laughs> so okay. wow. It's fairly spicy, but I, I think it. there is a set. I think there is, um, yeah, I, th- I think that might be what's required now because the initial okay. stage is, the initial stage is back in May. Um, All right. Yeah. But uh, um, there we go. What else did I have in that race? I'm sorry, now I got sli- sli- slightly well, lost. We, we, my oh, oh yes, fast at rock. Um, Galileo Brendan mentions. Yeah, th- th- I tell you what, that's some cross. Um, and I think that that was Group One winner number ten for fast at rock out of the Galileo mare, which is just really you, you just don't see that. Like that's nice. that that is some number. Most stallions don't get ten Group One winners in their life. Never mind out of solely out of mares by one other sire so yeah there you go okay uh tc before we move on to the news topics which we've got low we've got well a pretty heavy one to get through and we want to give that the right amount of time but we must just mention the northumberland plate um obviously neil callan back in a big time winner's enclosure recently obviously at royal ascot and now taking the northumberland plate a bit like jamie spencer as well just some of these older statesmen in the weighing room really showing what they're made of of late and calling the win wins it for the Richard Hughes team. Anything to add there? Another horse actually with the quick turnaround from Ascot. It's working out well for some of these horses. Uh, no, nothing to add. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> then. Although, well done, John Wayne. He's, he's having a renaissance, <laughs> the boy, isn't he? Since yeah, I, I put him right in the ledger about he's, 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 cleaned up his, he's cleaned up his act. He's winning group ones, triple time for us. Yeah. Okay. Ever, ever since yeah. ever, ever since he became mates with you, Calvin, he's flying. Yeah, he must exactly. have had a very positive influence on us. That's why I went to UTC and then he, he just he, said, yeah. He's a on. punchy fucker on Twitter as well, so he's burning <laughs> for the best. Yeah, you and him, two peas in a pod. Right, uh, let's move on. News, news from the week and a big news story in racing was once again based over in Ireland. This is all in regards to the IHRB. Um it's in disarray, essentially. I think, Kev, we'll start with you here, following the discovery of financial integrity issues coming to light at the Oroctus Public Accounts Committee meeting. The IHRB's chief exec, Darrow Lachlan, uncovered something in his prep for that meeting that gave him grave financial concern. It's a financial governance issue. Obviously, we, we're very much in the dark, really. A lot more information is still to come out about this. Um, but, of course you naturally sort of go to Dennis Egan's departure package and the missing chief financial officer in Donal O'Shea, both those names sort of coming into the spotlight here. But as I say, yet to be confirmed the details of this great financial issue or the people or the amount of money involved or what it is. Um, We need you to flesh this out, Kev, for us, please. What... Do you know other than what is already in the public domain, if anything? Yeah, look, this this was a fair old shock now, and it, it probably benefited in, in an obscure way from this. Uh, this hearing took place in the morning, whereas the the uh, a hearing related to RTE, which has been like the dominant news story in Ireland for the last um, you know week or so, was taking place that afternoon. So it was always destined, no matter how dramatic. <laughs> Yeah, the IHRB related hearing was it was always going to only uh, be in the news cycle for a short while, but of course within our tent it's still very much there. And look, it was it, it sounded awful. You know, I was listening to it myself and going, "Oh my God, what's going on here? This sounds horrific." And and poor old Daryl Lachlan looked absolutely um, crestfallen in, in delivering um, his his statement. Um, yeah. And in, in fairness to him, now in, since then he has 
stood up and got out front and he was um, on with Nick Luck and he went on RTE, um, you know, and, and has faced up and, and answered questions in difficult circumstances. Right. What is this? Should we be worried about it? Um, cautious of cautious of saying um, too much because there is a, a full investigation to be done by um, a, an independent body. But if you if you if you listen to the birds chirping in the trees, um, I would say that I don't think this is likely to prove to be as dramatic as it sounded. Um, okay. You know, the, the the language that was being used in terms of kind of it being a matter of grave concern and, and you know, Suzanne Eid saying that, you know, she was basically going to try and support the IHRB in this terrible time, etc. You know, so, which sounds awful in terms of language, um, but it, 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 as has been mentioned, it relates to a financial governance matter. There was no, um, there was seemingly no um, financial, like, like this isn't the case of someone robbing a load of money. This isn't the case of a load of money going missing from what, from what is being said around. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be fearing, um, you know, something nearly as dramatic as that. It's, it's a matter of governance and, and accounting practice, um, which to the layman, um, you know, I don't think will 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 be perceived as being as dramatic as has been insinuated. So, look, we'll wait for the the investigation to come out and get the exact all the details. I I, I the the full details will come out on this. Um, but look, it remains. I suppose this created such a furore that I suppose the main um issues were were lost a little bit, and that that was the I suppose the exit package of Dennis Egan, which was you know has been a a matter of focus. For a little while now, I think people that take interest in such things are, are very keen to get the details of that and whether all the, the procedures were were followed correctly. Because when you read the bare details of that, it, it does not read at all well. Um, so look, look, that's that's where they are. Um, I'd say fair play to Tara Lachlan, as mentioned. Um, he he has been very out front on this in in tricky circumstances. Um, had an an uncomfortable one on, at times on um on. Look on Sunday yesterday, which, which I'm sure everyone saw. Um, but in fairness to him, he has been he has been out front, which his predecessor was was um, wasn't always. And uh, yeah, uh, as I often say, Vanessa, and I have cause to say it nearly every single week in recent times. There is never a dull day in this great game. There's something always happening, isn't there? There really is. There really is. Yeah. And as you say, that Darrow Lachlan interview definitely was. Uh, very good on luck on Sunday with Nick Luck, of course. But um, yeah, definitely a touch uncomfortable at times, Brendan. You're smirking away there. Where does this leave the integrity of the IHRB? Well, I don't know. We'll have to wait for this report to come out. But I mean, OK, fair play to the boy O'Loughlin for, <laughs> for coming out. But did he not make a rod for his own back? It's like he's done a trailer for this thing with the languages. Kevin mentioned the language. I mean, if, if you were doing a trailer for when this report comes out in three months at, at the cinema, you'd be, you'd be like, one man drops a bombshell. One man has grave concerns coming soon. But if it's just something where, I don't know, of course, we've discussed before, I know nothing about money, but if it's just something where the chief financial officer was negligent and there's money somewhere where it shouldn't be, no one's on, on the fiddle. That seems to have been established. Well, would he not just have gone in? I mean, far be it for me to give management advice. Like management's tough. But should he not just have gone into the Iraqis committee and said, oh, something's come to light. Uh, we, 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 we we're a little bit uh, concerned about it. I only found out about it yesterday. We've we've launched a report, and the report will be finalised in the next few months. I'll get back to you. And people probably would have said, oh, "Okay, well that's half interesting." But when you use language like that, I just I just don't think it was necessary to but do this it. This is just it. Can I just ask? I mean, I don't know this guy Darrow Lachlan from Adam really. But he didn't seem on luck on Sunday like the sort of person that would drop lines like bombshell yeah, and grave yeah. financial concern without thinking that this was a pretty serious bombshell. And Kevin's fleshed out why it might not be. But I suppose. But, it, it, I, I, but, but what, what I should clarify, Vanessa, I'm talking about from the perspective of the layperson in terms of governance yeah, yeah, and, yeah, account, yeah. and accounting, you know, what, what may or may not have gone on could be considered 
you know, quite yeah. serious. But to, to the lay person, the way it's been explained to me, um, I, I don't think um, many of our listeners, for example, will be coming away from this with throwing their hands in the air like the building's on fire. You know, and that, that just to, yeah. just to clarify that I'm not I'm not trying to 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 diminish what may or may not have happened, but to the lay person. Yeah. Um, so, Brendan, I suppose w- what happens now? What are the next steps? Obviously, this independent investigation has been ordered mm. and that will come out. And then if we've got the trailer and you've outlined that beautifully, how that's going to look and sound for us, what does the actual film look like? Well, well, well I, haven't a, I haven't a clue because, <laughs> again, it, it, it just seems to be something that will be very niche among people that understand accounting practices, which is, which is uh, not me. In fairness, Brendan, what, what might have happened here is this, this situation might have been escalated greatly by the bigger picture of what's going on with RT and everyone that has any sort of access to public money whatsoever is probably saying to themselves right now, oh my God, we have to be so careful to do things oh, correctly. Fair. And, and if, fair, and if yeah. something has emerged that, is, that wasn't done correctly in the context of the country being in an absolute uproar over our, what's gone on at yeah. RTE, maybe that's just escalated the, um, the 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 perceived seriousness of it within the IHRB. Perhaps speculation. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that, that's good shout actually. TC, did you enjoy Jerlion's um, contributions to Luck on Sunday and that specific interview? Um, yeah, well, I, it was on in it was on in the kind of like background. I wasn't paying too much attention, but yeah, talking about punchy fuckers. Yeah, he's uh, he's <laughs> he right. Was, up he there, was, isn't he? There was no doing, messing there. I mean, he turned to your man, looked him dead square in the eye, said what he said, and then doubled down on it and lent in as he said it. If you're a man that looks at, if you read into sort of uh, behaviour and yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it, 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 was, it was it was quite. I mean, I'm, I'm all for confrontation on TVs, but yeah, that was that was I good. But I, just very quickly, you Irish just want to get your house in order, don't you? I mean, look at the BH over here, exemplary regulator, never make any <laughs> fuck up whatsoever, uh, and totally, you know, you can't throw any stones at the BH. Get your house in order, Ireland. Just look at Julie Harrison <laughs> at the BH and what she's doing. <laughs> Uh, never a dull day the bottom line is if you're partly funded by taxpayers money then transparency at every single juncture is key Um, more to come out on this one but boys have covered it relatively well and with a light hearted touch as well which I think is needed sometimes boys Um, let's move on to got other topics to discuss who hasn't had much airtime yet tc let's come mm. to you to talk all things asadna yeah. um obviously this news broke about a week ago now so might be a little bit old news but we haven't had an opportunity to discuss it and it was quite the story uh pre the coventry there was lots of rumors and whispers about um asadna's well-being and an injury that may have happened to him in the stalls he obviously ran yeah. in the coventry he was very disappointing the owner has since moved the horse Uh, to Alice Haynes from George Bowie and announced that he said he didn't want the horse to run because of the incident that had happened a few days before. George has clarified the horse never took a lame step. There was no issues with his well-being. But again, if we're talking about transparency, TC, this Mm. wasn't a good look for the sport, really, was it, for punters? No, the BHA had a a rough day. Um, They obviously, they had the the Tory... um, uh, the whip band to uh, we had to yeah. deal with. Why did that? Why did someone appear to sit on that for five days? Uh, and that was actually kind of like apparently that only came in because that was prompted by a tweet from Neil Cullen, apparently from from what I can gather. Uh, and obviously, Asadna was was they were in, in the spotlight for for Asadna as well because it transpired that George Bowie had uh, been liaising with the BHA ever since the horse injured his shoulder in a stools incident now that was widely known by all the by by most in the press in fact Andy Holding in his odds checking column actually referenced it on the morning of the race and and tipped it as well uh, so the so the issue here is not that there was a slight problem uh because I imagine in the scheme of problems in big races uh, you get get your nick on the shoulder is miles down the list and I would imagine there'll be 30 horses that ran at Royal Ascot with more serious problems in the lead up to their races but the the issue here is the BHA knew about it Bowie was 
liaising with the BHA daily, it seems, with pictures from the Friday onwards to the Tuesday, which allow the horse to, you know, satisfy the BHA that the horse could pass the vet. The issue here is obviously if the BHA knew about it, why why wasn't why didn't they make an announcement to the um you know to the betting public? Uh because you know this was the then favourite in the commentary. The horse was drifting wildly on Betfair and and with the bookmakers as a result. And I think if the BHA are in a position where they know about an injury, however small, to a horse, are liaising with the trainer, why wouldn't you make that public? Uh, we're because, all, you know, be, because what do you want? Kevin was on here a couple of weeks ago saying that oh, the amount of horses who pull out stiff in the morning because mm-hmm. they're professional athletes and it just takes them a while to get going. Is this not a case of Bowie doing his due diligence to say, I want this horse to pass the vet, yeah. so I'm going to show, show them daily updates so we don't have we don't have any issues because he's a he's a proper operator but there's no way he's going to going to run this horse in ascot if it's not a hundred percent so if this is going to be the way going forward because this ties in with your thing about the vets having more power to pull out horses on the day so obviously buoy was aware of that i think he did a really good job i mean obviously it's just not going to be endless stuff from the bha oh such and such told us this horse was stiff this morning but he's usually stiff no no, no. The issue we've got here is, be, I would imagine this was this is quite a rare incident where you get daily reports from the trainer to the BHA. But it mightn't be going forward the way the, these vets are. Look, 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 we're all big boys. We're all big girls. We, you know, we can we can make that decision. If I felt, look, I, I have no doubt in my mind that injury had no bearing on that horse underperforming in the country, but. When you've got a horse drifting, you know, the, you know, the BHA knew why that horse was drifting. You know, everyone was speculating, you know, it was only till the Tuesday that actually someone went into print with that. I mean, the Racing Post didn't follow up. I mean, you know, people were on WhatsApp groups telling exactly what happened. It's not a big deal. Expecting the horse to be pulled out. I just think when the BHA are in, have got the information, they should share it with, with the betting public. And the betting public can do what they want with it. It's, it's it's a really difficult one this like is my view like my my general view in racing is like you can never have enough information but with regard to this stuff like i think you really can't have too much information um because like if everyone knew every little little hiccup a little little issue a horse has in the lead up to a race you you'd be you'd be trawling through it endlessly because there'd be so much of it and like in, in the main like it, it, it's irrelevant and insignificant like ultimately if the horses pass fit to run by, by the vets on the track particularly at the, at the big meetings with the enhanced vet check, checks etc you know anything that's come before is, is largely irrelevant unless they've missed work etc and in this case I don't think the horse missed anything it was a superficial thing um, George was probably quite conscious that the vets when the horse arrived to ask it would see that something had clearly happened and uh, as Brendan says from a point of view of transparency he wanted to kind of go to go go be over what was required just to ensure that he didn't have a late hiccup and the horse was made to be withdrawn because he's turned up with this thing that um with this with this wound or whatever with this with this healing wound that um that the vets weren't happy with. So um look, you 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 don't I I know you might want you might think that you want to know everything, but um a lot of the time and and even if you knew if if it was announced that this happened, like how how can anyone reasonably assess the impact of it in terms of an odd uh, of odds right does that make him should he be a bigger price how much should the adjustment be like it's an extremely difficult thing for anyone to quantify and um, so it, it's it's tricky i know when you're dealing high profile horses in particular you want to know if something's happened but i can see why there might be a view that look we, we're dealing with this as best we can we're going to get them there fine and that's the most important thing. If they miss work, is where I draw a line. But if they don't miss work, that's what I, what I see as being okay to be to be kept in house. Uh, just just a quick line. Yeah. I, mean, I, I fully appreciate you know there's you know any number of thing, issues with horses going into the race. But the crucial thing here is the BHA probably don't know about ninety nine percent of them. They did in this instance. The horse was drifting wildly. Everyone was speculating he wasn't going to run. I mean, if this happened in other jurisdictions like Hong Kong, you know there'd be murders, wouldn't there? But yeah, uh, I look, I know it's I know it's not a black and white issue, but I'd say if the BHA know about the problem, they should tell people. All right, uh, brief rattle through just a final few little topics. Um, Brendan, you first. Mm. Current numbers 
obviously yes. i don't know why we've all become obsessed with the tendencies at the cover in sort of i think it's since the redevelopment isn't it um everyone seems obsessed with this about how many people show up to go racing at the curra specifically doesn't seem to be quite the same obsession at other irish tracks but the curra it seems to be under the spotlight a lot and I don't know how they win this battle because every time after a big meeting, we sit around talking about the fact that not enough people came through the turnstiles. Well, yeah, well, I suppose the reason people talk about it is it's so much public money uh, went into it. Just, you know, boy, time, Vanessa, time to put that hat on. Just a tip of the cap to, to the Curra this weekend. I, th I thought they did a terrific job. I don't know the figures for Friday and Saturday, but I'd be shocked if they weren't up. There was a really good crowd in the place, really good atmosphere. People seemed to be enjoying themselves. The crowd was slightly down on Sunday. Now, there was a big double header uh, in the GAA in Croke Park, and one of the matches involved Dublin. So that might have been a factor in terms of the 500. And I suppose this would go into whether they reassess to bring the derby back to Saturday, whether Saturday or, or, or Sunday is better. But they got just short of 11,000. I mean, for context, if there were just over 13,000 in Leopardstown last year for the Irish Champion Stakes, it's obviously a lot easier for people to get to Leopardstown and have a drink. You can go to the Curra on the train, granted, but it is easier uh, to get to, to Leopardstown and you have a bigger catchment area. But the place looked great. They had Nathan Carter in, uh, he of Wagon Wheel fame, uh, in Newbridge on, on Saturday doing a concert to try and engage uh, the local community and, and, and know that it's Derby weekend. And uh, again, I, I try to find the figures for Friday and Saturday but I couldn't but I'm confident I'm 102 here that Friday and, and Saturday figures were up and the crowds in the Curra to my eye all season have been improving so they seem to be making a real effort to get people back to the track and I very much enjoyed the weekend. Do you know why yeah, and, uh, okay. do you know why the crowds were up on Friday and Saturday and, and disappointed on the Sunday? I don't uh, I, was yeah, just... I, I do okay. everyone flocked there on Friday and Saturday to see you in a hat when they found out you couldn't honestly, wear your hat on a Sunday, I'm not I'd going. Got, I'm not going. on the flight. Honestly, I'd have got on the flight, Brendan. Yeah. I feel like and you don't like, have enough of a social media presence for your fashion, Brendan. I'm actually suspended from Twitter currently due to uh, issues I, are, that are out of my control. But if I was on Twitter, what I want to see more of is you in a hat. Yes, oh, I, 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 I'm, not a, I'm not a big uh, visuals man. I like to get it down on print. You, you, you won't see me on the gram or the TikTok. I'm a Twitter no, man. I'm a, twi yeah, I'm a Twitter. I'm a, tw I'm a Twitter loyalist, uh, and um, hopefully e Elon uh, can uh, keep the keep the thing ticking over because otherwise I will disappear. All right. Yeah, just Last just on the to... just on the crowd, just on the crowd, Vanessa. Very quickly, quick. like like people do do kind of obsess over numbers a small bit. Like, but to me, it did feel the Saturday actually felt really good to me. Um, like it, it's not a big complex. Like people say, geez, eleven thousand. It's not a big number, but like, geez, I don't know how comfortable it would be there if you had, um, you know, seventeen, eighteen, twenty thousand even. You've got company there, Vanessa. Just so you know, there's someone behind you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in, just in case Something you weren't expecting house. someone, yeah. <laughs> we can ring, we can ring, we can, we can, we can ring the guards for you if you, if you like. If you're a bit concerned, uh, okay. but yeah, look, I think that the weather, the, the, they're so they're very unlucky with the weather. Jeez, Friday was miserable, squally, rain, wind. Um, yeah. Saturday was grand, windy, but Sunday was particularly windy. Um, poor old, the poor old ladies with their hats and the gentlemen with their hats and didn't have a great mm -hmm. time. Um, but look, I okay. think they're on a slow, they're on a slow build. Um, God, you, like you think, you know, nearly twenty years ago they were getting the bones of forty five thousand for the Irish Derby. It's a, it's a big old fall. But look, it's a, it's a different world. It's a different race course, and on we go. Yeah. Um. Last topic to cover, guys, on the show this week, and it's an important one. And sad news came out in regards to Shane Cross, who has unfortunately had to admit defeat with a bat with the scales in regards to his riding career so he has announced his retirement from the saddle which I think would have been a real shock to a lot of people personally I mean Kev you're obviously very close to that team and him I imagine um, but for me this was a real shock you know he's for me he's a top flight rider he's won group ones he's young uh, he's got the backing of an excellent team I didn't specifically realized that he was a particularly a man that struggled with his weight and the scales so severely and I was really shocked and quite saddened to read this it's off the back of a couple of young lads retiring for different reasons uh height and also opportunity 
Um, and I guess I just wanted to touch upon it because it's a sad side effect of our great game that somebody as talented as Shane can't reach his full potential in the saddle due to physical issues that he just can't, a battle he literally cannot win. Yeah, this is really tough now. I know it would have been a surprise to Manny now, but unfortunately, like it, it's it's been coming for a little while with Shane in that, look, he's a big fella. And like he would, he would be a very similar size to to Joseph, um, and, and has been, you know, for for a while. So he's it has been a struggle. Last year was was difficult for him, um, but he, he was he was able to manage it, um, and and had some massive days last year. And it's such a pity because he's so gifted. Like he, he's such a good rider, beautiful, quiet rider, um, wonderful horseman, um, you know, to have so much so much ability, so much talent, and the work ethic and everything to go with it, you know, so many boxes tick, but the one thing you can't control is, is the thing that scuppers him. So it's really tough. His older brother there, Nathan is flying his older brother, you know, has no issues with his weight. Like there's just, there's just no, there's no justice in this story, unfortunately. Um, but look, he did everything he could. He he went away and stopped riding for, for six or eight weeks there, went to, to Liverpool to a specialist, not the first specialist he's been to, and um, you know, went went into a new regime, diet and exercise wise, etc. And it, it moved it moved the right way to an extent, but you just with your weight, you get to a point, and it just stops happening. And like he was having to, he, the things he was having to do last year now were pretty were pretty um severe to to do what he loves, and it just it's just not sustainable. Young man, he I think he's twenty two in September. Um, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough, but um, look, great team around him, great family. His dad, Matt, actually works works um, on the farm here with me, so I've kind of been close enough to all this. And um, sure, look, he'll, he'll drive on. He's a, he's a smashing young lad, um, you know, intelligent, great personality, very likable. You won't find anyone to say um, a bad word about him. So it'll, it'll just be for him to, to find the path now. I know Joseph will be desperate to keep him around uh, as a member of the team. Um, he did a bit of traveling with some of the horses um, abroad back in the last year. Um, so look, it'll, it'll be a period of adjustment for him. He's, you know, that's this has been his life for a while now. And he's had um, so some unbelievable highs, you know, you know, a year ago, Royal Ascot, you know, one of yeah. the great days, um, you know, pre-Gane, you know, champion apprentice. Um, look, I couldn't speak highly enough about the fella. Um, okay. And... And look, it won't be for lack of lack of support and everything else now for him going forward. So congrats, congrats to him and his career. It's very sad. It's it's, it's gone this way through no fault of his own. But um, he's only twenty one. Um, his his life's ahead of him, and um, you know he's he's getting out with his health, etc. So on we go. I'm sure he'll do plenty of other great things, um, either in in racing or out, whatever way he chooses to go. Yeah. TC, Louis Stewart was the other young-ish jockey, not quite as young, 27, who announced his retirement this week. Um, it's the modern world we live in, I guess. People are getting bigger and weights haven't risen that much in the last 100 years or whatever it is. So we're, this is just the fact of life for jockeys and they can't always make it work. Yeah, I've, I've ghostwritten columns with eight jockeys down the years and I've only put the phone down on one of them once. Um, when they were just being a complete arsehole. And I just said, oh, I'm not having this. So I put the phone down and um, they rang me back the ne- early the next day and just, sorry, I just, I, he said I was, he said I hadn't hadn't eaten for 24 hours. I hadn't hardly had anything to drink. And he said I was just at my wit's end. And that, that massively surprised me. And I think we probably underestimate how many jockeys really do struggle day in, day out. To make the weight, uh, you know, this was before the saunas got banned as well, obviously. But yeah, I, I just think it's uh, probably a, a more prevalent than we think. Um, so, yeah, highly unfortunate, but you'd think it won't be the last. Well, we all wish Shane Cross and Louis Stewart the best going forward, retired before their time for issues that can't be helped. But as Kevin said, I'm sure Shane will go on to do great things in our industry, all away from it. He sounds like a thoroughly decent lad. Uh, on that note, I think we should about wrap up proceedings. Anything else to add, Brendan, over there? Hatless Brendan? 
Well, I, I mean, just very briefly on the Shane Cross thing, I don't want to cry too much because I know professional sport is a hard businessman. And, but I also know that professional sport is my fa- favourite thing in the world. So, uh, I mean, there's already a funneling system from underage level where only a tiny percentage of people actually make it to be professionals. And then the flesh and body has uh, the, the the flesh and mind has to be able to sustain that level. But for me, the, the great joy in life is seeing these elite athletes com- compete against one another. And I know that when I watch that, there has to be some broken dreams along the way. And I accept that. But I hope it sounds like this this, this young fella is in a good place with the, with the team around him. And that, that he, he, we know he has the discipline and work ethic to get to a professional level in a sport. So uh, I, I, I do wish him the best, but I, but I can't really cry that much because this is the nature of professional sport. Professional sport, indeed. Right, guys, let's wrap up this show. Um, thank you very much, Kev, TC and Brendan, as always. Thank you out there for watching and listening. Have a very good week. We will be back on Thursday with Racing Only Better. Plenty of racing to get stuck into over the weekend. But for now, it is a goodbye from us. <laughs>